What is going on, brothers and sisters, friends of the Rockney cast? For this episode, we're going to still cover current events, the recent arrest, and the aftermath of Jack Teixeira, the recent Pentagon leaker, a 21-year-old National Guardsman out of Massachusetts who was arrested for disclosing classified diplomatic and military documents that has substantially changed a lot of aspects of world diplomacy, the future of Ukraine war, after he was just some kind of like gamer dude. So this is being covered in a lot of different places, but there's one element that is really jumping out at me as significant for you to consider. That is how uh, Jack Teixeira was identified. As far as I can tell, based upon news reporting, and I'm going to include a link from the BBC um, related to an interview with a New York Times reporter relating to how he was not only discovered as the source, but the decision and the thought and, and the fact that not only was he discovered by the New York Times, he was outed by the New York Times. In other words, they ratted out their source. They had an opportunity for this wealth of information to see what's going on inside our foreign policy machine. And rather than utilize that, they decided to work with the government to get a 21-year-old gamer arrested. Now, let's set, set the stage here in terms of why this is so important, because we have the New York Times, presumably one of the best newspapers in the world. Uh, top Ivy League graduates, they're going to be around pretty much forever. I mean, they figured out how to make money in this online world. Ivy League graduates, top of the top, work for the New York Times. And yet, they're at a stage in their development where they feel need a need to work hand in glove uh, with the United States government. And rather than keep them honest and provide independent reporting, they actually work hand in glove with the United States government, at least based upon the reporting, based upon the reporting from various news outlets, and correct me if I'm wrong, that they are actually complicit in identifying the source. Now, let's set the stage in terms of what's okay about this and what's, you know, and, and who, who's at fault here. First of all, in terms of the um, government investigators for the Pentagon, it is obviously their job to prevent leaks of classified information. It is the United States Attorney's job to investigate those leaks and determine who to charge, what to charge, um, all of those sorts of things. That is their job, and I'm not taking them to task. I think we can have an open and candid discussion about how much of this information should have been classified, how much we have a right to know, and how much should be? I mean, I and I want to be very clear about this. You know, they talk about sources and methods and battlefield tactics. I absolutely, there are needs, uh, compelling needs for the government to keep certain secrets, um, tactical information in terms of overseas activities, people's lives at stake, battlefield strategy, etc. But as is often the case, the government is this this giant. Um, black hole of information, and a lot of this stuff should not be classified. So, for example, the fact that South Korea 
was going to send weapons to the Ukraine via a secretive conduit of the United States government to fund that war and to support that war. That's a major foreign policy issue that we absolutely do need to know. That That's not compromising anything. Yes, there's the diplomatic sensitivity, but that is outweighed by the compelling interests we the people have to know in terms of whether we're on the brink of a nuclear exchange or even a, even a conventional hot war with Russia unnecessarily because it is within the people's power to decide whether to declare war or not. So no one's taking them to task. But let's get to the real issue, which is the United States um, leading media outlet, the New York Times. Their job is to get the facts, print the facts. And of course, uh, you know, historically, one of the issues with getting the facts is discovering who did it. And whoever gets there first, there's a huge advantage there. Um, but apparently in this particular case, they made the decision that they were going to be the ones to out Jack Teixeira and the group to the government um, and plug the leak and out them, report them, rather than seeing how long they could continue to get this information from Mr. Teixeira or to even do the first interview um, as an undisclosed source. Now, maybe they just felt... Their decision was, well, the government was working hand in glove and they would have discovered it anyway. So we wanted to be first. We wanted to get the clickbait. And so we decided that we needed to just turn them over to the government in the first place. But think about the context for this. In the early 70s, there was the famous deep throat investigation in which the reporters Woodward and Bernstein, Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein, interviewed a guy named Deep Throat, who was subsequently identified in the last 10 or 15 years as Mark Felt. Woodward could have outed Deep Throat. He could have. Um, and Deep Throat had a lot of information about sensitive things that was happening in the United States government. Nearly, and he knew who the identity was, but both Bernstein and Woodward kept the confidentiality of Deep Throat until Deep Throat, that is Mark Felt, wanted to be identified for his role in providing information and what was going on in the um, Nixon White House. And for the most part, um, Woodward was celebrated for that decision. Bernstein, the both of them were celebrated for this reporting because they knew that there was kind of a balancing act between, you know, identifying a source, which of course is relevant to a newspaper story. I'm not a big fan of undisclosed sources of information, but keeping the spigot of information open, right? And it is not illegal for a First Amendment, for a, under the First Amendment, for a media outlet to publish information that is illegally obtained. That is not illegal. It's illegal for the person to disclose the information who has a duty to protect it, but once it's in the hands of the media, it's really up to their discretion and their own ethical standards as to whether they're going to publish it out. And the New York Times um, presumably would have some of the best lawyers in the world to help them navigate those thorny issues. Or what, what do you do in terms of classified information? Um, and you have an identified source. Do you, do you out them or do you continue working with that person? Do you keep them as a secret source? It appears 
And this is a podcast based upon truth. And correct me if I'm wrong and provide details to the contrary if you have them. What jumped out to me is that it appears that uh, the New York Times wasn't only one of the people kind of working on this. Uh, they were actually working with government investigators hand in glove to out this guy and to stop the leaks. And so they were kind of working as an agent of the United States government or very close, whether it was a du jour, like they were illegally working on their behalf or in close collaboration. It was the kind of hand in glove investigation, government investigators and media working together to plug the leak. And as a result of the New York Times, we now do not have access to that information that was being disclosed on the world stage. One of which consequence of that is, think about this, the fact that we know that the United States has battle plans for the Ukrainian people, and that it affected tactically, disclosure here affected tactically what's happening in Ukraine. I mean, so Ukraine is disclosing operational details to the United States government, and that's affecting what's happening there. Friends, that is, that is breathtakingly close to being involved in the war. There has been no declaration of war so far, and at least we know, we obviously suspected that they were this kind of collaboration. We knew that there were weapons that were being supplied, but but the question is, is how much? And at what point are we actually engaged in hostilities with Russia? And this is information that came out as a result of the disclosure of Jack Teixeira. And the New York Times, you no longer have access to the information that Jack Teixeira and his 21-year-old buddies were um, providing via these gaming chat rooms because New York Times wanted to plug the leak and protect its own hide and serve its interests, serve its master, the government. And that's very unfortunate. No one doubts the need for government. And I am a big believer in government at its best. The federal government does certain things exceedingly well. The state government does certain things. I'm not one of these. Really, God, the government's just horrible. But it does need to be in a democracy. It needs to have the light shine on what the hell is going on. That is how we make good decisions. There's waste, fraud, and abuse. There's deep, dark secrets that the government wants to hold secret. That's the government's job. They need to keep stuff secret. And then there's the beacons of the First Amendment that out them. Um, one of the great presidents of the 20th century, in my view, Harry Truman, became famous by leading a Senate committee during World War II identifying fraud and abuse military contracting. And rightfully so. That, that oversight role is critical. And one of the central purposes of the media, including beacons like the New York Times, is to provide that information out to the public when it comes into its hands. But let's get into a little bit of the details, because this was a little bit fuzzy to me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to provide you the link um, to its rt.com, but I'm also providing, which is a, which is a state-affiliated website of Russia. Um, and I'm also going to apply, though, a, uh, a link to a BBC interview with one of the New York Times reporters that, um, that identified 
a Jack Teixeira as a source in terms of how they discover. So you can make up your own mind. So as I was thinking about this issue, I was thinking, no, no, now there's a distinction here that I think is important for you to consider in mind. Was it a situation where the New York Times discovered the identity after the government already knew who Teixeira was? Or was it a situation where the government already knew who Teixeira was and it was just a question of publishing the, the identity so that we can, you know, they can be first to the, to the poll? If it's the latter, if the government already knew that Teixeira uh, and was going to arrest him, well, New York Times, good. I mean, you're, you're getting the information out. There, once it's going to be disclosed, you want to be first. I have no problem then. But if it turns out, and this is a factual question, if it turns out that the New York Times ratted him out, the New York Times is a piece of shit institution. And if you if you actually consider yourself a knowledgeable person because you read the Times, shame on you, if that's the case. Because if, um, and, and, and what I'm, so, and, and it appears to me, um, this is appears, okay, so you, New York Times lawyers who will try to sue me for defamation, I, I this, this is based upon what appears to be true within a day of the um, arrest of Jack Teixeira. Um, I didn't know at first whether it was Mark Teixeira, Jack Teixeira, you know, Mark Teixeira was like the Yankees first baseman, badass. No, it's Jack Teixeira, a uh, 21-year-old dude. But at least what RT um, identifies, and this is RT.com. Anything about it, too? Yes, it's funded by the Russian media or the state. Absolutely. And so consider all of that. This is like a first-year undergraduate course. Okay. Identify the source. They're funded by Russia. But here's the deal in the open source world. Yeah, everything they say is fact-checked, double-checked. And so when you get a link... Um, check it yourself. You can check it out yourself. So um, the the article is entitled FBI Arrest Alleged Pentagon Leak Leaker. And then it says the suspect source identity was revealed by the New York Times, which worked with U.S. government funded online investigators to identify it. Okay. Um, and so you'd say, okay, well, what, what exactly does that mean? Um, who is this government-funded online investigator? They identify Bellingcat, and they make a factual claim. And Bellingcat experts, aficionados, if they receive no funding on this, I will be fact-checked, and I will be rightly criticized for using RT.com as a source. Says Bellingcat is essentially like I think it's kind of like a Wikisource funded by the government, right? It, it probably has multiple things to make sure that it's not too transparently government funded, kind of like NPR. But it says Bellingcat is funded by multiple Western states and has a history of working on investigations that suit the policies of the U.S. government. Um, but here, here's the interesting thing about this claim. This is again, I think, a very interesting thing that needs to be further developed and investigated. It says, and this is from RT.com. It was published um, yesterday, April 13th. Um, it says, although NYT published a number of stories based on the files, it opted not to protect its source 
and instead outed Teixeira after partnering with open source intelligent outfit Bellingcat to identify him. Bellingcat is funded by multiple Western states and has a history of working on investigations um, that suit the policy priorities of the United States. Okay. One of some of the things, and, and we don't have access to this information anymore because of the New York Times and the losers that work for the New York. I, I can make that opinion. I think you're a total loser if you work for the New York Times. Um, what you are is like you went to like Bodwin and you know, you um you you're really liberal and you, you went to school and you maybe smoked some dope and then you got a degree and now you think we all in the Midwest are a bunch of losers. Well, you're the loser. Um, this is information that we do not have uh, available now because the New York Times, in the good old days, if journalists used to help keep the leak open, they op open more leaks. What does the media want? They want leaks. They don't want to plug the leak, but the New York Times and those incompetent mofos um, are helping plug the leak. It says, this is some of the information that has been provided before, um, and I believe this has been public. You can check other sources on this. But the files posted online by Teixeira revealed that U.S. and NATO special forces are active in the Ukraine, that Ukrainian casualties are higher than publicly acknowledged by U.S. officials, that Kiev's forces are low on ammunition, and that the U.S. has spied on its allies throughout the conflict. So I want to focus in on the U.S. and NATO special forces are active in the Ukraine, okay? So, you know, again, at this point, uh, you know, you could say, does Russia really give a shit um, about having a legitimate reason to go to war with the West at this point or losing friends? They're not looking for some legitimate reason to keep its friends. I mean, maybe China kind of needs a little bit of cover there. But um, I have seen this in multiple sources, CNN, MSNBC, that, that there are special forces now in the Ukraine. That's been verified and confirmed. And there has been no declaration of war. Uh, Biden has not either confirmed or denied that. And as I mentioned in my previous podcast, that that was exactly the type of behavior that led to us getting involved in the Vietnam War. Although we're not necessarily fighting Ho Chi Minh in the jungles of Vietnam, a non-nuclear armed power, we're about ready to get either in, best case scenario, a hot conflict with Russia or a nuclear conflict. I mean, that that's kind of the stakes here. And everyone's just kind of like, oh, well, it's still worth it. It's still worth it to go to war. I mean, what the hell? Who gives a shit? And, you, and keep in mind this. Let's say I'm wrong. Okay, okay. let's just engage in another thought exercise. Let's say I'm wrong. And it turns out that I'm just like this Cassandra that's just, oh, I'm so afraid of nuclear conflict. And that we're going to kick the shit out of the Russians and the whole thing just collapses. Uh, it, there's two obvious things that happen there. Um, if, in fact, Russia collapses. The first thing is you have all these Russian republics that may or may not be cordial to the United States. And you're going to have all these nuclear facilities and loose nukes that we spent the first five or 10 years of the Cold Well War trying to secure, which was effectively done. Keep in mind, 
One of the brilliance of the early 1990s foreign policy was is the United States was able to persuade the former Soviet republics to transfer the nukes to Russia in exchange for a security guarantee that they would not get involved, that'd be the West or NATO, into the security operations of the um, republics, right? And so that essentially they would be neutral. I mean, obviously they'd kind of be part of the Russian sphere of influence, but they would be more or less neutral. And that was kind of the basis upon which that was all done. And they secured these nukes. And now we have Russia, which is, you know, you can say whether you like them or not, but they're a relatively stable state. And they, as far as I can tell, have been able to maintain control of their nuclear stockpiles. So if we win and Russia spends itself out or all of a sudden we get into a hot non-nuclear conflict, I mean, if we get into it, one of the reasons why I think it would likely go nuclear is that we'd, we'd win a conventional war. Um, Russia, I don't think they could really, they could not handle um, all the NATO forces unless China got involved. I, I don't think China wants to, you know, go to war or, and send this, maybe, maybe they will, I, I don't know. But I don't think they can win a, a hot war. But they have this nuclear trump card. So if you have nothing to lose, the whole basis in the 80s was this whole in the 70s was this whole concept of mutually assured destruction, right? I mean, no one in the right mind is gonna, you know, send a nuke over if it knows you're gonna get nuked. But if you're Vladimir Putin and you're sitting in the bunker and you have um chaos all around you, you've lost, and you have some allies that are stationed, and he's like, What the hell, man? Um you know, people always want to bring up World War II. If Hitler's in that bunker, do you think he does? I, he absolutely does that, right? And so that is what would happen. Okay, so let's let's assume that I'm overreacting to that. And it's just conventional collapse. Basically, you get collapse of the Soviet Union 2.0. All the Russian republics become liberated. And all of a sudden, under those circumstances, we have places like Chechnya, uh, that um, I think at some point had some, you know, engaged in, you know, various terrorist activities. Um, I think right now they kind of have a more secular leader, but, you know, and there are other um, states in the caucuses that may not be friendly to the United States and may collaborate with non-state actors. Um, and then we have essentially chaos over, you know, whatever percentage of the Russian landmass you have. That is not good. And essentially we would have to do with being occupying... For, I, it's just a can of worms we don't want to get to. And we're making all of this risk over two provinces in the eastern Ukraine. And that, that that's it. And we're, we're led to believe that, um, in fact, that's not the case, that if, that if he gets that concession, he's going to, it's going to be like 1938 in the Sudetenland. And he's just going to get, that's Vladimir Putin's going to get more aggressive. But we, we don't have all that information. And in, in fairness, to resolve this debate, um, and in part, one of the reasons why we don't is because places like the New York Times apparently are plugging the leaks. So now they helped capture uh, Teixeira. Uh, and we don't know at this point to what degree they were working hand in glove with law enforcement. Um, but if they turn, if it turns out to be true that uh, the New York Times uh, not only uh, wasn't just first to the post in terms of outing them as identity, which again, I know nuance is tough for you people sometimes. 
I have no problem with first to the post to publish if you know his identity is already going to be out. So if that turns out to be the case, I will um, eat some crow and, you know, I'll issue a correction. And it turns out that the government already knew, but it, it does get, you know, is this going to be misinformation? Can we trust Biden? Um, Biden Sidious? Uh, no, I, I don't think we necessarily can. Um, but that that's my position. If it, if it clearly is the case that it was just first to the post, the government was already going to out them, they're already going to arrest them, good. But if it turns out to be the case that the New York Times plugged this leak um, to stop the ongoing disclosure of information that we all have a right to, there's a lot, there's a healthy debate about this. And one of the nice things about classified material, as far as I can tell, is that once it's out in the public domain, the government cannot seek an injunction to stop, you know, for example, the New York Times from publishing that. I mean, that is this Pentagon Papers case. The, the government was going to try to say, hey, that was wrongfully obtained, uh, and you can't publish it. And they said, yeah, we can, First Amendment. Now, the reporter can't be complicit in getting the information. So, like, if the reporter gets in and starts collaborating and hacking the computers, well, the reporter would be criminally liable. But if they're just essentially identifying this source and continuing to get this source of information, they're not criminally liable, and they're not even civilly liable. They're just operating under the protection of the First Amendment. And it appears that the New York Times um, helped plug the leak. And so we don't have information like whether there are special forces in Ukraine. Shame on you, New York Times. And then again, we get into questions of... Um, of bias here you know a lot of times people are like oh um you know they 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 make that claims like oh well we're not really biased we're the we're the mainstream media and they, and they describe the people on the discord server as um they came together over a shared love and, and i quote published in the new york times they identified to share as the figure and about 20 to 30 people, mostly they described them, quote, about 20 to 30 people, mostly young men and teenagers, came together over a shared love of guns, racist online memes, and the video games. So they have to impugn the integrity and just kind of dismiss them. And by the way, back to this question of is, is to share the next Daniel Ellsberg. And keep in mind, Daniel Ellsberg is old now, but at the time, there's a lot of people that kind of identified him as a crackpot. Um, I think one of the aspects, I think, correct me if I'm wrong on this, that one of the aspects of the uh, Watergate scandal was that they were actually going to try to investigate Ellsberg's psychiatric records to try to discredit him. So this notion that now he's this well-respected and he gets invited to speak and he's this hero and we all rub his back and celebrate him as the patron saint that fought against the Vietnam War. But the irony with this is, is that the kids of the hippies of the 60s most of these journalists are, are now not only protecting people like Daniel Ellsberg and the modern day Jack Teixeira, they're outing them and they're letting the next Vietnam War happen and they're just going about their business as if there's nothing to see here. So um, we'll see. I mean, I think this is a really interesting topic. A lot of you are like, Cole, stay in your lane. You're just going to focus on, you know, um, stoicism and fasting and you know, just stay in your lane. Let the experts do it. Well, I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm going to do it as long as I think I have something relevant to say on this topic, because I'm not seeing these seeing these topics developed, I'm not seeing them identified. And when you have a situation where the New York Times is outing leakers, 
and plugging the leak in complicit with the United States government. We have to know that. Um, and by the way, I am pro-military. I, I, I am 100% pro. I'm, I'm a military dude. Like I haven't served military, but I respect a ton uh, military. And I don't want them to, to fight unnecessarily. And I think at some point, I'm also going to say, too, in terms of this whole nuclear question, again, I want to clarify one of the things I'm not saying, is I am not saying because Russia has nukes that we just have to basically say, you know, quiver in fear every time they do something uh, militarily or make a threat. I mean, obviously, if... Russia says, give us Poland and Germany, or else we're going to use net. Well, you just you don't have a choice. It, there does come a point, you know, it's kind of like being in a bar, and there's some guy that you just know is either going to, one, kick your ass, or even if he doesn't kick your ass, you're probably going to get your fucking face bashed in. But, um, and you know that. But at some point, you're like, well, if you don't do that, then, then, then it kicks your ass anyway, right? So there does come a point where, I mean, even with the nukes, we may have to engage in conflict with Russia. And I could be totally wrong. And it may be that there will be a time where, you know, we have to engage in the conventional hostilities with the um, Russia, the former Soviet Union, um, and or China. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think the case has been made there either. But at least for now, uh, I have significant concerns about how this is being handled. And I think this is just another reason to basically do a shame on you the new york times this is another reason why you know the leading beacon of liberalism is now complicit on the way to war in the ukraine where the hell is michael moore on this maybe we'll do another one on that too michael at one point you were here in iraq and now you're just staying silent basically saying yeah man let's and by the way i love ukraine i'm not even ukrainian mayors like you see a mayor and they're like they're badasses I do, I do not want to fight any of these Ukrainians. They're great. Ukraine, I love you, but I'm just saying, you have your own country to defend. And if you want to come over here and help defend the United States, and, you know, I, great. But that's your battle, right? You know, imagine if I go into a bar and I say, I'm going to pick the toughest motherfucker over here, get them all pissed off, step away, or even engage in the fight and ask some random person to come in that has no stake in it at all. That's the issue. So friends, keep keep questioning. Um, you know, I, I think in this online world, we all have access to information. I'm not going to be some propaganda piece for RT or the United States government or for any particular point of view. Uh, I do identify as a member of the Republican Party now, but I certainly cannot speak for them. And I'm, I'm by, by all means, highly skeptical of a lot of traditional Republicans like Mitt Romney and, um, you know, various people in that establishment. But uh, I think we all need to question. And so if there's any facts that I get wrong and it turns out that this is just a first to post type thing, I will freely and gladly be corrected. And I will post those corrections to you because I want to be a source that you can, that you can trust. Um, I view my primary role as raising questions, provocative questions, um, that need to be answered. And, uh, you know, you people can, can call me out on that. You can, you can't be personal though. You do that, you know, and you're going to, your ass is going to be blocked, but you can provide facts. And um, I think this is an important topic that we need to continue to discuss is the New York Times now uh, complicit in plug-in leaks. It's a fair question. So stay tuned. We'll see how these episodes go. I'm interested in it. I hope you are too. We'll keep rocking and rolling on the Rock Cast. Infinite gratitude to each and every one of you. If you made it this far, please do give me positive views on Apple, Spotify, and all places where podcasts are heard. And if you have any podcast topics you want to let me know, reach out to me at rockmecast at gmail.com or rockmecole at gmail.com. 
And together, you and I will have a rendezvous with history, as a great Ronald Reagan once said. Um, thank you so much for listening. And until next time on the Rockney Cast.